long time. And, and against my better judgment, I'm going to do something. I was just trying to help you guys that made that New Year's resolution that you wanted to exercise a little bit more. Just, just you know. But I know 90% of y'all have already ended that. So just high-five somebody and you can be seated. Just high-five somebody. Yeah. But take your Bibles out with me and turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Ooh, seven of you are excited about where we're going. I'll preach to that seven as long as that seven is vocal today. Could I get, baby, could I get you to hand me a tissue, please? This is not an illustration in the sermon. However, you don't need to see the residue of my cold. So forgive me for, for having the sniffles today. We're going to go and preach the, the word of the Lord. Amen. Let me just change some things up. You stay with me upstairs, and I know right now that the guys upstairs in the control booth are like, uh-oh, what, what's getting ready to happen? Let me, let me just rearrange some stuff. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. I'm just going to quote it from memory for a second before we ever get into Mark chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. Paul, the apostle, he writes something. To the church at Philippi, what you need to understand is when Paul writes this, he is in prison, awaiting execution. However, theologians call this the book of joy because it speaks about joy more than any other book in the Bible. How does a person who's in prison about to die write about joy? But he says this in chapter 4, verse 6. He says, be anxious in nothing, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your hearts, present your requests to God. It says, be anxious in nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving in your heart, present your requests to God. Then verse 7 says, and then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And then verse 8 says something, and this is a paraphrased version. It says, this is Mark's paraphrased version, if you will. It says, think about whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable. Think about such things. A powerful narrative of scripture that will be very important for you to remember so that when we come back to it in a few minutes, you'll have a better understanding of what these verses mean. I love it when we put together plans for a series, but then God says, no, 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 wait a minute, because we're going to go in this direction. You see, last week we should have started a series. I thought we would start a brand new series. It was in the works to start a brand new series. And I preached uh, what I thought was a one-day event because I didn't want to start a series because I felt the Lord was saying that we need to focus on one passage of Scripture for, for, a, for a week. And so I focused on Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, and I thought it was a one-day event. And we had this message called, Say It Again. Somebody say, Say It Again. Look at your neighbor and say, Say It Again. How many of you were blessed by that message? Praise the Lord. A third of you. I guess the ones that were here, praise the Lord. Well, while I was preaching that message, I realized that I could not finish the concept that God had placed within my spirit, the message to convey to you. 
I had no desire of turning it into a series. How many of you know, but Jesus has his way. And so today, it's not really part two of a series called Say It Again. This is really a mini-series, and this is part 1B. It's the continuation of last week. And I don't know who this is for, but I'm going to preach to that place of discouragement that's in your heart today. I'm going to preach to that place that is, that, is, that, that is causing the reaction of your life to, to dig the hole even deeper. The outcome of your life, the reaction that you are having to that place of discouragement, you need to understand that that reaction and that outcome is determined by all of the stuff that is planted in the soil of your heart. If you'll remember last week, I said that the quantity of the harvest is not determined by the quality of the seed, but rather the quality of the soil that the seed is planted in. You see, the seed is always good. The word of God is always good. It's the soil that the word of God is planted in that determines the outcome. So as you're looking at Mark chapter 4, turning to Mark chapter 4, let me refresh your memory. This message was birthed from a faith conversation that Ian and I were having in the office a few weeks ago. It was a conversation about childlike faith and how children just have this faith that God can do anything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like God can do anything. He can do everything. He can do anything that he wants. And then we began to talk about how as we get older and as we become adults, it seems like that childlike faith is eroded by the happenings in life. This happened or that happened or this problem or that tragedy. And pretty soon we're no longer saying God can do anything. We're saying it's anything good going to happen. Am I preaching to anyone in here? And then we said, I said this last week, that it's not the happenings of life that erode our, that erodes our faith. It's what we tell ourselves about the happenings in life that erodes our faith. And that's where Jesus is at in Mark chapter 4. He's all over this thought. Can, can I read it to you? I'm going to read it to you out of the message translation today. Hang on a second. Let me find it. Mark chapter 4, here's what Jesus says. It says in verse 1, it says, He went back to teaching by the sea. A crowd built up to such a great size that he had to get into an offshore boat, using the boat as a pulpit. As the people pushed the waters to the water's edge, he taught by using stories, many stories. I love that. Can you imagine the scene? Then verse 3, it says, Listen, what do you make of this? A farmer planted the seed. Somebody say the seed. It goes on to say a farmer planted the seed and as he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it and some of it fell in the gravel and it sprouted quickly but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came out, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds and as it came up, it was strangled among the weeds and nothing came of it. Some fell on good earth and came up with a flourish, producing a harvest, exceeding his wildest dreams. And then Jesus in verse 9, he asked this rhetorical question. He says, are you listening to this? Are you really listening? You see, he wanted to alert the disciples to this concept that he's teaching because he's not sure that they heard it because they have to grab this concept with their spirits, with their minds, with their hearts. And so the disciples are like, we didn't hear it. We didn't understand. Jesus, could you say it again? 
But Jesus, could you say it again this time? Could you slow it down a little bit? Could you say it a little more softly, a little more lowly? Could you say it again, but could you say it in a different way? And so look what Jesus does. He says, just skip to verse 13. He says, he continued. Do you see how this works? All of my stories work this way. Look what it says. It says, the farmer plants the what? No, no, no. He doesn't say seed. He says word. He changes it. He says, the farmer plants the word. Some people are like the seed that falls in the hardened soil of the road. And no sooner do they hear the word than than Satan snatches it away. What has been planted in them. Hold on a second. It says, the farmer plants the word. This is, this is critical. You need to grab this. The farmer plants the word. What Jesus is teaching the disciples and therefore teaching us is that the word is the thing that we must have in our lives in order for us to have the breakthrough. But also that the soil is imperative. The condition of the soil is important. What he's saying to us is that the harvest in your life is not represented by your breakthrough. The harvest in your life is not represented by money. The harvest in your life is not represented by by. Uh, healing. The harvest in your life is not represented by any of those things. The harvest in your life is represented by the word of God. The word of God is effective. Everything that you see has been said by God. Everything that you see is because of his word. Everything that you see is because of what he said. That's why Genesis chapter one says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and darkness hovered over the face of the deep and his spirit hovered over the surface of the water. And he said, let there be light and light appeared. He continued this all throughout the creation process. And that's why the gospel of John chapter one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and everything that was made was made by him and nothing that has been made was made without him. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word works. Do you understand what I'm saying? The word is effective. The word brings the harvest. If God gave you a word, you need to hold on to that word. If God gave you a word, that you'll have you'll have breakthrough hold on to that word if God gave you a word that you'll have a child hold on to that word if God gave you a word that he's going to bless your business then hold on to that word how do you hold on to the word you say it and then you say it again and then you say it again and then you say it again and you say it again and you say it again why because the word is effective you see if there is not a harvest in your life it's not a word problem it's a soil problem Lord have mercy. Somebody help me preach. Let's go back and look. Verses 16 and following. It says, and some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. Verses 16 or verses 18 and following. The seed cast in the weeds, someone say weeds, represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with worries about all things. The things that they have to do, the things that they want to get, the stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. How sad is that? Verse 20, but the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Hold on. It's verse 18. The seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news, but are overwhelmed with the worries about all the things that they have to do, the things that they want to get, 
the stress strangles what they've heard. The stress strangles. How many of you know what stress is? The stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. How sad is that? Nothing comes of it. In other words, a seed has been sown by God into your life, but nothing comes of it. How many of you know stress does strangle? We can see this happening in our lives. We can relate to this. It's like you come to church on Sunday and you've been beaten up. You've been choked out all week, if you will, by the weeds of life, the weeds of fear, the weeds of insecurity, the relational weeds, the occupational weeds, the financial weeds, all of the stuff that is choking you out. But then on Sunday, you get a word from the Lord and you realize that his word is more. You realize that his word is with you. You realize that he's more than enough. You realize that everything that you see is a result of what he said. You realize that Jesus put on the breastplate of righteousness and he walked into the holy place and he shed his own blood on the mercy seat and you realize that he can reach down and grab you up when you have doubt and he can love you, he can lead you he can help you, he can deliver you he can bless you, is somebody gonna help me? Why? Because he is my God. Listen, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loves me. He is my God I am his child somebody say it again because his word will not return void thank you I feel like preaching and if you stay up there I'm going to keep preaching so you, you might want to just thank you verses 18 and 19 again it says that the seed is sown by God but the worries of this world some of your translations say the cares of this world choke out the seed the weeds of life choke out the seed. In other words, you can receive a word on Sunday and be skipping, but then on Monday by noon, you're tripping. You know what I mean? And Jesus is trying to tell the disciples, this is what keeps you out of what I have for you. Can I get a little practical with this? Is it okay? Can I illustrate this in a practical way? I need seven volunteers, seven volunteers. I know when I take volunteers, not everybody will volunteer, right? Stand up, just seven people stand up and I'll point you out. Seven people, okay? I need one, two, three, four, five, six. Those two big guys, I want y'all to come down and sit right here on the front row. Those two big guys right there. That's five, six, um, seven, come on. Eight, I'm gonna take nine this time, nine. I need, I, need, I need one more, one more. Stand up on your feet, one more. Ronnie, come on, right there, okay. I want, I want the, the, you and you to sit on the front row right there. Just wait for me. I'm going to call you up in a second. You just wait for me. The other seven, I want you to come up on the stage. Come on. Come on. Come on the stage. Come on the stage. Y'all give it up for the volunteers. Many times we use these volunteers and they're like at the end of service, I ain't never doing that again. I was worn out. Okay, but here's what I want you to do. I want four of you, I want any four of you to go over there. Just four of you go over there. Four of you go over there. Nope, not you, not you. Another, another four. You stay over there. You go over there. Ronnie, thank you. Okay, and you stay right there. I want, hold on a second. Can, 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 can I get you to switch with those two guys right there? Okay, all right. You two, you two. I'm going to use you. I'm going to call you in a minute. Y'all sit, y'all come on up here. I got to have two. Okay, here's what I need. All right, you, you two guys come right here. You go over here, Richie, you stand right here. You two guys come here. 
give me a moment to set this thing up. We didn't rehearse this, so this, this, we just got to make sure this goes right. All right, Anthony, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around. I want you to turn your back to the crowd, all right? You don't normally turn your back to the camera, but it's going to be all right today. All right, here's the deal. I'm going to show you something. This is going to be great. This is going to be good. You stand right here. You stand right here, okay? Now you turn that way. All right. What this parable is, and I want you guys to kind of get over here together in a cluster. Don't look like you're all in a row. Just get in a cluster, all right? Okay, so grab this. What this parable is, it is a, it's defining, if you will, um, the doorway of our thoughts. That's what this parable is. Jesus is talking to the disciples about when you receive the word, it's your thoughts many times about the weeds in life that choke out the word that I've given to you. And so he's talking about, you know, the doorway of our thoughts. And so what you guys are, are weeds. You're the weeds. You guys are the doorway. So I want you to put your hands up in the air, both of you. Okay, and this is going to be tough. All right, put your hand. Y'all are going to make a doorway. Spread apart just a little bit. You got to be enough for these people to walk through. All right. And you're going to hold your hands there for a little while. Jesus. And you, Richie, represent the word. Don't let that go to your head. <laughs> but Richie, the word, you receive a word from the Lord. When you receive a word from the Lord, God has placed a seed in your heart, a seed of breakthrough, a seed of anointing, a seed of uh, whatever it is that you've got. He's, he's placed it within your heart and you believe it and you hold on to it. The problem is, while you're holding on to the seed, the Bible says that the worries of this world, Jesus says the cares of this world, the weeds of this world begin to strangle or choke out the word that he's placed within you. So the weeds of this world begin to choke out the word that God has given to you. Let me talk about some weeds. Y'all hang on right there real quick. Let me, let me talk about some weeds. Are y'all all right? All right, good. Well, good. Y'all going to be staying there. I'm just telling you. Okay, so, so I consulted Google. How many of you know Google knows a lot? Okay. Um, somebody say stress and anxiety. Okay, and worry. Okay, watch. So some causes of stress. Just, these are just a few. Work-related stress, being unhappy in your job. Having a heavy workload or too much responsibility, all of this brings stress. Working long hours, having poor management, unclear expectations of your work, or, or, or no say-so in decision-making process, working under dangerous conditions, being insecure about your choice for advancement or termination, having to give speeches in front of colleagues, facing discrimination or harassment at work, especially if your co company isn't supportive. Here's something else. Life stresses, the death of a loved one, divorce, the loss of a job, increase in financial obligations, getting married, moving to a new home, chronic illness or injury. All of this stuff is weeds. Y'all are some pretty bad stuff. Emotional problems, depression, anxiety, anger, grief. Make a weed. You like that? Yeah, y'all don't do that again. That's okay. <laughs> Taking care of an elderly or sick family member. Depression, anxiety, anger, grief, guilt. Okay, traumatic uh, events such as a, a na natural disaster. Okay, let me, let me go on. Okay, let me continue to read. Those are external things, Anthony. Those are external things that cause you to be stressed out. And the weeds come against the word. 
But then there's also some internal things like fear and uncertainty. When you regularly hear about the threat of terrorist attacks, global warming, toxic chemicals on the news, it can cause you to feel stressed, especially because you feel like you have no control over those events. Attitudes and perceptions, how you feel uh, the world or a particular situation, how you feel about it can determine whether or not it stresses you out. For example, if your television set is stolen and you take an attitude, it's okay, my insurance company will pay for one, you'll be far less stressed out than if you think, oh Lord, my TV is gone, I'm not going to be able to watch MTV. All right, watch this, unrealistic expectations. How many of you know sometimes we place some unrealistic expectations on ourselves? You know what I'm talking about? I guess not, okay. Or change, any major life change can be stressful, even like a happy event, like a a wedding or a job promotion because those things can be so stressful. So the Bible says, Jesus says that you receive a word, but the weeds of life begin to surround the word choke out the word and nothing comes of it one by one the weeds come one by one one by one your thoughts fear comes anxiety comes worry comes listen listen discouragement comes just stand right there in front so all of a sudden the weed The weeds are choking out the word. Hang with me. Everybody be still. The weeds are choking out the word. The word that God gave to you is now surrounded by the weeds or the worries or the cares of life. And and how many of you know the enemy always attacks during the transition? You know what I'm talking about? The enemy always attacks during the transition. He comes to attack at at the transition. The place in between when the word is sown and the harvest that takes place. He comes during that transition, the transition period in between when the seed is is given, the word is given, and the harvest of that word is realized. He comes and attacks during that transition period. And then he begins to cause you not to live by what you've heard because everything around you looks impossible. So now you live not by faith because of what you've heard, but rather by fear because of what you see. More specifically, Richie, not that you live by fear because of what you see, but you live by fear based upon what you think about what you see. And he attacks at the point of transition. You can put your arms down, but just keep facing each other because I know your arms are getting tired. But just don't get too comfortable because you're going back. Now listen. So he attacks at the transition point. Think Think about the people of Israel. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses is about to take the people of Israel into the promised land. He gathers up 12 spies and he says, I want you to go into the land and I want you to stay there for 40 days. And I want you to eat of the land and then I want you to bring back uh, just this report from the land. Bring us back some evidence that the land is flowing with milk and honey. Bring us back some evidence that the land is every single thing that God said it was. These 12 spies, they go off for 40 days. For 40 days, they're eating of the land that is full of milk and honey. They come back 40 days later looking like they needed a diet. Carrying the produce from the land. In fact, the Bible says they're carrying grapes. And the grapes are so large they have to carry them on a pole in between two people. 
grapes the size of basketballs. Two of the two of these of these spies jump up and say, the land is incredible. It's everything God said it was going to be. Cynthia, this is what they say. It's everything. The land is just, it's lush. It's so green. It's so beautiful. It's flowing with milk and honey. And here's the grapes and the pomegranates that we brought. It's so incredible. And then 10 spies jump up and say, but wait just a minute. It is that, but the land is devouring everyone in it. And there are giants in that land. And we look like grasshoppers. And the Bible says that fear, worry, and anxiety spread across the camp, and they did not go and take the promise, and so they stayed outside of the promise for 40 years. They had received a word that it was theirs. It even looked like God said it would look, but now they did not go because they're overwhelmed. They have panic that the enemy has attacked during the transition. Panic is there. Problems are there. Difficulties are there. And now the weeds of, of, of life have surrounded the word, choked off the word. They cannot go in. In fact, it now seems to be impossible. And so because they're in an impossible place, it seems to be a little naive to have faith to believe that that impossible place is going to change. And so I just can't have faith anymore because it seems naive because everything around me seems to be so much bigger than me. There's no need to have faith because it all looks impossible. It's not that the word leaves. It's that the situation around you from the weeds has caused you to no longer focus on the word. It's that it's made the word look impossible. But time out for a second. It looked impossible when Moses lifted up a staff over the Red Sea. It looked impossible when David had a slingshot and five stones in front of a giant. It looked impossible when Jesus had a lunchbox that had two fish and five loaves when he's standing in front of 20,000 people who are starving. It looked impossible when the woman in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the widow woman, was going house to house looking for jars in hopes that she could pour a little bit of her oil into those jars and that oil would multiply so that her sons would be saved. You see, it looked impossible. In fact, every time I looked at stories in the Bible when I was preparing for this, all of the stories in the Bible looked impossible because of the weeds of life but yet the people who acted on the word were able to overcome the weeds of life because they realized that all things are possible to him who believes you see some of you God God has given you a word and he's even given you the means to act upon that word but fear has driven you into a place Complacency has driven you into a place. You see, how can you act upon your faith if the word is only in your hand one day a week? How can you receive the wisdom of God to overcome the anxiety of life if you're not taking the word of God and working it into the soil of your heart? And that's why Paul wrote Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your hearts, make your request known to God. Hold on a second. Paul, who better to write about anxiety and stress than Paul, who's in prison? Who better to write about panic than Paul? 
the panic of finances, the panic of, 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 of relational difficulties, the panic of, uh, of going to work tomorrow for someone you don't like or going to work tomorrow and having employees who are driving you nuts and uh, all of that panic and all of that fear. And, you know, many times the things that we have fear over are not even things that will ever come to pass. And so Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your heart, make your request known to God. Watch this. The word that he uses for anxious, do not be anxious, is the Greek word merimneo. Can I teach for a minute? I'm going to teach to that one person over here. <laughs> you made me feel good, so I'm going to preach to you. The Greek word merimneo it actually means don't worry, don't have stress, don't have fear. All of that sounds easy, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, it reads easy, but it's not easy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But it says, says something else. You see, that particular word is used in the New Testament not just to describe don't worry or, or don't have stress or don't have anxiety. It is actually used to describe a person who is having difficulty coping with the issues of life. Oh, grab this. Do you remember Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, he said that the cares of this world, the weeds, choke out the word. The places that we have to go, what we need to do, the who, the what, the when, and the where, it chokes out the word. And so Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. It's literally it, this word he's describing that, that, and Jesus is describing that the cares of this world choke out, surround him again, choke out the word. So you can't see the word. So you can't focus on the word. Like I said, it's not that the word leaves. It's just now that the word looks impossible. But then Paul drops a dime on us. Paul gives us a word. Everybody say a word. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, Wendy, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your hearts, present your request to God. Then he says in verse 7, he says, and the peace that surpasses, here's the word, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. <laughs> Y'all think that's good? No, no, no. It gets better. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, 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 here's what you need to know. The word guard in the Greek is a word that I cannot pronounce. Put it up on the screen. It's that word. Okay. This Greek word paints an image for us. You see, the word guard in the Greek, this word, actually paints the image of soldiers, Roman soldiers, going outside of the city gates. And standing outside of the gates, and they choose who comes in and who goes out. They're gate monitors, if you will. That's this military term. In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want all of the weeds to go back over there where you were at. Make the door. Make the door. All the weeds go back over there. Go back over there. Go back over there. The word, you stay right here. You can breathe now. Hold on a second. And the peace 
that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. You too, come on. Come right on up here. And I want you to stand on this side, this side. I'm sorry we didn't have time to work on this, but this is cool. The instant in season and out, okay? You guys are the guards. Hold on a second. Here's the doorway to our mind, to our spirits, to our emotions. Here's the word of God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. Here's the weeds. Hold on a second. You're, you're putting all this together. The guards, what they did during those Roman days is all the nuisances who were outside of the city walls, who were trying to come inside the city gate so that they could be a nuisance inside of the city, the guards would not allow them to come in, nor would they allow the people who were on the inside to go out so that they would be disturbed by what's happening on the outside. The guards determined who came in and who came out. Try to go in. Try to go in. These guards are not going to let you go in. These guards, you can't. Yeah, these guards. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, no, 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 go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. All right, hold on a second. Are you grab? This is good, this is good, you see? Hold on. So, the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind. You see, that peace is guarding you. The peace of God is guarding you. The peace that surpasses all understanding is standing guard over your heart, over your mind, over your emotions, not allowing the weeds of life to come in and attack you and to choke out the word that is within you. Hold on a second. Let me go one step further. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. He says, so think about whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is admirable, whatever is lovely. Think about such things. Hold on a second. Isn't that the opposite of these weeds? Isn't that thought process the opposite of the stress of life? He says to think about whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is admirable, whatever is beautiful. Think about such things. Because when you think about those things, those things don't stand a chance. Are you with me? Hold on. It gets even better. Are y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Okay, so if you remember last week, there was one verse that set the whole foundation for this message, and it was Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. When Paul wrote to Philemon, he said, make sure that the communication of your faith is effective and that you acknowledge every good thing in you through Jesus Christ. You remember that. He says, make sure that your faith is effective. The communication of your faith is effective and that you acknowledge every good thing that is in you through Jesus Christ. Okay, so word, Richie, in this case, make sure that the communication of your faith, that word for is effective. That word for effective tells us something. He's saying make sure the communication of your faith, what you tell yourself and what you tell others about God. And that you acknowledge every good thing that is within you. That word that he gave you is a good thing. Hold on a second. It is opposite of these things. He's saying make sure that you acknowledge every good thing that is within you. So hold on a second. The word effective, be sure that your communication is effective, is the Greek word energio. It means to energize. It means to activate. You see, the word that is within you, oh, Lord, have mercy. This is where it gets good, and my team can come on back. When the word that is in you, when you begin to say the word, remember he said make sure your communication about that word is effective. When you begin to say that word, that word becomes 
energized and activated in your life. That word becomes energized and activated in your life. Hold on a second. So when you say that word, the word of God coming off of your lips becomes energized in your heart. And that's why he says, so think about whatever is lovely. Well, I'm putting all the dots together for you. When, when, think about whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is noble, whatever is beautiful. Think about such things. When you begin to think about these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is noble, and not these things, at that moment, your thought process will control your speech. And when your speech begins to speak the word of God, that's when the peace that surpasses is all understanding begins to guard your heart and your mind. That way the seed that has been sown in you has time to come to a harvest. Are you grabbing hold of this? Good Lord have mercy. That means if God said it, you need to say it. If God said you have healing, then say it. If God says you have breakthrough, then say it. If God says that you will be delivered, then say it. If God says that you'll have restoration, then say it. And then say it again. And then say it again. And then say it again. You know why? Because weeds, you can't come in. Hope, you you can come in. But worry, you gotta go. Fear, you gotta go. Anxiety, you gotta go. Breakthrough, you gotta come on in. Hope, you gotta come on in. Good Lord, have mercy. Somebody look at your neighbor. Get up on your feet and say, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Oh, this is beautiful. So when you begin to say it and believe it, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding begins to guard the doorway. <laughs> and weeds don't stand a chance. Let me read something else to you. Hold on. One more thing. Can I read you one more thing? I'm going to close with this. Verse 20. But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word and embrace it. You cannot embrace the word while at the same time embracing the worry, the cares, stress, the difficulty, all the stuff the weeds represent. And those who embrace it produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. I don't know, Ronnie, what the dreams are in your heart. But I know God can fulfill them. And today, God wants you to know that he placed that dream in your heart. And that he'll bring it to fulfillment. I don't know who this is for. But you've allowed anger, bitterness, resentment, envy, unforgiveness to choke out a word that God has placed within you. And the person that you're angry at has moved on, but yet you're still holding on. Let me tell you something. God wants to do something so radical in your life, but you've got to embrace the word. And you've got to begin to say that word of victory over your life in order for that peace to guard your heart and your mind so that weed doesn't stand a chance. And when that happens, you'll produce a harvest to your wildest dreams. I believe today God wants to bring breakthrough. I believe that. With every head bowed and every eye closed.